Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by exalting the glory of God, sharing and showing the love of Christ, and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now here's this week's message. We're continuing walking through the the book of Job, uh, looking at his circumstances, his situation, and um, the fact that we can, in fact, trust God, regardless of what we're going through. Uh, but I wanted to share and, and, and kind of put us on the same field as Job, so, as Job and his circumstances. So let me ask this question. Uh, has anyone ever lost a job before or been unemployed before? Kind of like every person who just graduated college and is out there looking for a job right now. Uh, but um, let me show you. I lost my job, and I've shared this before. I worked for a telecom company, and um, doing good, you know, mid-level management type thing. Uh, but I was making a lot of money at it, so I didn't care what it was. I wasn't trying to climb the corporate ladder. I was just interested in making money at the time, which I was. Uh, and I, I, you know, it was at the time when all the whole dot-com boom, how many people remember that, all dot-coms failed and all that stuff. So I had to walk a lot of my friends literally out of the door because I was their boss. And some of them were really close friends that, that I hung out with, spent a lot of time with. Some of them were friends from um, church because uh, I worked with them on uh, our production teams, on our tech team, or our stage design team, or lighting team. We had all these teams, and and we all worked together putting together Sunday celebrations, and I had to walk some of them out of the door. And then, uh, I don't remember if it was days or weeks after that, but not too long after that, you know, it was my turn. (laughs) And my vice president called me in and said, hey, it's, you know, time to let you go, and I went from making six figures down to making like, I think, $600 every two weeks or something like that, which was hard. I mean, it's, it's when you lose your job and you lose your employment, especially if you have a family to support, it gets kind of rough, but this was the situation that Job found himself in. Uh, now, in a, not only was he unemployed, no job, his business crashed, he was the owner but also he lost his family, uh, he lost his friends. Um, his family didn't show up to support him at that time, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. He had brothers and sisters, but they didn't show up until the end, until after he had gotten everything back. Don't know what that says about them, but they weren't there for him when he needed it. But he was at this place where he was as close as you can get to like going off the deep end and going over the edge, which, I mean, if you've ever lost your job or if you've ever lost a loved one, uh, just imagine all of that happening at the same time. And this is one of the reasons why, for me personally, and, and I don't know about you, I hope you do too, why I think the Bible is so relevant. Because people now say, well, the Bible doesn't apply to our lives. It has nothing to do with what's going on in our lives. But if you look up this word relevant, it literally means that it's appropriate to what we're going through. It, it matches our circumstances. It matches the time frame of the things that we're going through. And just as we go through unemployment, we lose loved ones, we deal with all kind of stuff, that's what Job was going through. And throughout the Bible, it talks about um, people who are going with financial issues, and that's what Job had. He had a huge financial concern because he was the owner of the business. He lost it. All of us, we all know someone in our circle of influence, if not you who've lost a job, someone who has lost a job and had uh, financial concerns. And specifically in our community, 
and the communities around us, if you look around, there are more empty businesses than there are empty homes. So there's definitely people in our community that have financial concerns. There are people in our community that are going through family issues. Some of them are going through marital issues. Some of them are going through issues with their teens or their young adults or their grown kids. Whatever age they are, they're still children to us. And, and side note, once we finish going through the book of Job, we're going to do a series uh, called Parents Just Don't Understand. And like, how do we deal with, because when they're kids, we don't have to deal with them. We just tell them what to do, right? Once they grow up, and we've got to deal with them as they're teenagers and young adults and adults. We're going to look through the Bible and see what the Bible says about that. But we all know people dealing with family issues, but we also know people dealing with failing health whether it be with cancer, whether it be with uh, some other kind of disease, whether it be with, um, uh, I just saw a post from a couple of friends of mine uh, in Virginia that their children now have Lyme disease. And so they have to deal with that. And a side note, did you guys hear this in the news? The tick that causes you to be allergic to meat? Yeah, I almost got rid of my puppy. I was like, no way. I mean, it's like crypto, I love them, but me. And I, for a minute, for a minute, I was like, I don't know. But, that, I mean, that's just crazy. But we all know people that are dealing with some kind of medical issue or, or financial crisis or a family crisis. And that's what the Bible is addressing in the book of Job. That's what God is trying to help us deal with. And any one of these on their own can be traumatic. But when you pile them all together, it is overwhelming and can push people like literally to the edge. So if you have a Bible, open it up to the book of Job, chapter 3. And if you don't have a Bible, there should be one under the seat, somewhere near you, to the left, to the right, or somewhere around you. And, and we're going to look at how God responds to all that Job is going through. So jump down to uh, Job, chapter 3. And we're going to start in verse 1. In verse 1, this is what it says. It says, after this, Job opened his mouth, and he cursed the day of his birth. Now, the after this is after seven days of just sitting in silence and saying nothing, just kind of stewing in his own juices, just letting it all sink in that he's lost everything. Uh, he's got scabs and stuff all over him, and, and he's just dealing with a lot. So after seven days of dealing with all that, then this is what it says. After this, he opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. He said, may the day of my birth perish. And the night it was said, a boy is born, that day may it turn to darkness. May God above not care about it. Now, here's the thing. God does care. I just want to make that clear. About the day of our birth, about every situation that we go through, God does care. He says, may God above not care about it. May no light shine upon it. May darkness and deep shadow claim it once more. May a cloud settle over it. May blackness overwhelm its light. That night, and again, he's referring to the day of his birth, that night may thick darkness seize it. May it not be included among the days of the year. And this is what he's saying. Basically, everything that he's going through now is worse and should take away everything that he has done. Now, later on, we find out that he gave to charity, that he helped widows, that he helped orphans. But he's saying the struggle that he's going through now is worse, and he would rather be dead, be better off if he had died, 
even though he was able to accomplish so much good. And we don't get it sometimes, but sometimes when we look at people and we see that they're, they're going through something and we don't understand, well, how can you be so upset? You have such a great life. You've done all these wonderful things, but we don't realize that that pain that they're going through, uh, for them, it overrides all of the good. And it can be extremely overwhelming. It can drive people who we think, well, this is such a normal person. I don't ever see why they would want to consider taking their life or why they would ever do this horrible thing or why they would ever. And we don't realize how hard when we look at it and from the outside and say, yeah, that's rough, but you can go through it. God will get you through it. And they're sitting there struggling, thinking, I wish I were dead because I'm never going to get through this because they don't see a way out. And this is what Job was doing. And he says, May it not be included among the days of the year, nor be entered in any of the months. May that night be barren. May no shout of joy be heard in it. Now, drop down to verse 11. And this is when he starts to get a little intense. He says, why did I not perish at birth and die as I came from the womb? Why were there knees to receive me and breasts that I might be nursed? For now, I would be lying down in peace. I would be asleep and at rest with the kings and counselors of the earth who built for themselves places now lying in ruin, with rulers who had gold, who filled their houses with silver? Or why was I not hidden in the ground like a stillborn child, like an infant who never saw the light of day? And, and in this he's saying, hey, even if, you know what, I didn't die, I wish that once I was born, somebody had killed me. Even if I weren't, never been born, that's one of the things he wishes. But even if I didn't die, I wish that somebody would have just killed me when I was born because everything that I'm going through now is so harsh and so intense. And this is a little depressing, but that's how people feel when they're going through trials and struggles. And Job's perspective, his whole perspective is this. I wish I would have never been born. My life sucks. My life just sucks right now. Everything that I may have done in the past, who cares? The right now is what's important. It sucks. And it gets a little bit worse because then he goes on and he says this. In Job chapter 6, he says this in verse 8 and 9. Oh, that I might have my request and that God would grant me the thing that I long for. I even wish that it would please God to crush me, that he would let loose his hand and cut me off. So he goes from my life sucks, and he goes to this. I wish I would have never been born. My life sucks. Kill me now, God. Please just kill me now. And that's intense. And if we knew people who were saying things like that, or we heard them saying things like that today, hopefully we would call someone. We wouldn't leave them alone because they're, we would think that they're on the edge of being, you know, suicidal. We would hopefully intervene and, and step in and try to do what we could to, to make things better. But it still goes on. Uh, turn over to Job chapter 7. And drop down to verse 11. And this is what Job says. He says, therefore, I will not keep silent. I will speak out in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. And here's, here's a side note. Um, yeah, he's griping. Yeah, he's moaning. But it's okay to do that when you're hurting. Because we often say it's okay to not be okay. It's also okay to tell other people I'm not doing too good. That things aren't going great for me right now. I've been dealing with this and I've been dealing with that and you know what? I'm not quite in the right headspace right now. Now it's okay 
to not be okay. It's okay to tell other people that you're not okay. It's not okay to be okay or not be okay and pretend you are. And I just love, I just, <laughs> it's okay. If you're going through stuff, that's fine. It's okay to tell people, hey, I'm, I'm going through stuff that I'm not okay right now, but it's not okay to pretend that you are. Because that's going to cause you more damage than good. And maybe you're not the kind of person who will turn around and call a friend and say, I need you to come talk to me because I'm, I'm, I'm losing it. I'm going through a lot of stuff. But you should be able to, especially in the church, and when someone walks up to you, and I, I, hope, I hope that this is what we would do. If someone walks up and I say, Gary, how are you doing this morning? And he says, I'm not doing too good. Hopefully, I won't just say, oh, good, and walk away. Hopefully, I'll sit down and say, hey, what's going on? Do you want to talk about it? Or, or, or is there anything I can do to help and, and whatever? And even if he won't, then on that morning, say, hey, you know what? Let me give you a call this afternoon. Go out and have lunch or coffee. Just because it's me, I'd lean toward lunch. But lunch or coffee, and then, you know, let, let's talk about it. And even if he doesn't tell me anything, I just want him to know, because that's what Job's friends did initially, what we talked about last week. They just showed up. They didn't say anything. They saw his grief. They saw his pain. And they just showed up. And like we said last week, if you cannot do anything else for people in our circles of influence that are hurting, the least we can do is show up. And then he says this. Just drop down to verse 16. Chapter 7. He says, I despise my life. I would not live forever. Let me alone. My days have no meaning. What is man that you, and he's talking about God, make so much of him that you give him so much attention that you examine him every morning and test him every moment. And don't forget, this is Job saying, hey, God, this is all your fault. You caused this. Why are you doing this to me? What have I done that you're pouring out all this anguish, all this, all this frustration on me? And then he goes on and he says, will you never look away from me or let me alone even for an instant? And this is key because he says, if I have sinned, what have I done to you, a watcher of men? Why have you made me your target? Have I become a burden to you? Why do you not pardon my offenses and forgive my sins, which is what God does? This is what Job is saying. He's saying, why, why am I going through this, God? I mean, my life sucks. I wish you would just kill me. Why are you putting me through this? Why are you allowing all this pain and anguish? If it's because I sin, just forgive my sins. Pardon my sins and let's move on with life. And then he says, for I will soon lie down in the dust. You will search for me, but I will be no more. Now, here's the thing, because Job lays out a very important a theological uh, aspect that, that we need to understand, because there's a lot of people, and we'll talk about this next week, because this is what his friends say, that says that every bad thing that happens to you, it's because you sinned, and you did something wrong, and God is mad at you. Has anyone ever heard that? Hopefully no one said that to you, but hopefully... Uh, I mean, maybe you've read it somewhere. And here's the thing. Every bad thing that happens to us is not because of a sin we committed, but it is because there is sin in this world. We live in a world where sin exists. We live in a world where Satan is allowed to roam free. But every bad thing that happens to us isn't because we sinned and God is trying to poke us and smack us and say, here's your punishment for the sin that you did. 
because God has already received and taken away all the punishment for the sin that we did. Now, there may be consequences to our sinful actions, but if, if, if your child gets hit by a drunk driver, it's not because you sinned. It's because there is sin in this world. We live in a world where evil exists, and it's not by God's choice. It's by humanity's choice. We choose to allow that to persist. And we can change that easily by just committing our lives to God. But humanity chooses, hey, we want to do our own thing. We want to be on our own. So we let it happen. Now, Job wasn't the only person uh, who cried out to God. Uh, in the book of Psalms, and David wrote this in Psalm 22, uh, which many consider a messianic psalm. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? And David's life was up and down and up and down. And we talk about him a lot. He had marital problems. He had problems with his kids. His kids trying to kill him. Uh, all kind of stuff going on in his life. And many of the psalms that he wrote are him crying out to God. But a lot of theologians believe that this wasn't just him crying out to God. That he was crying out and that he had a, a vision, for lack of a better term, of Jesus crying out to God, which in Matthew, uh, at the end of his life, while hanging on the cross from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. And about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So there have been numerous people that cried out. But here's, here's the important thing. This is Job's perspective, okay? Job's perspective is, I wish I would have never been born. My life sucks. Kill me now, God. Please just kill me now. And he goes on, why is this happening to me? Why are you doing this to me? Uh, if, if, if I've sinned, just forgive my sin and move on. Why, God? Why, God? Why? And again, it is okay to ask God why. But the actual truth is that Job's life was fine, but the sin in our world sucks. Job's life didn't suck. Job was, the, uh, from God's perspective, one of the greatest men in his area, not because of his wealth, but because of his love for God. And so God blessed him with wealth and family and friends. Job's life was fine. But the sin that exists in our world truly sucks. And there are a lot of people that look at their lives and say, well, my situation, my life is so bad that, that, that it sucks. This sucks and everything's wrong with it. But the reality is your life is fine. But there's a lot of sin in our world. And it causes people to say hateful things and do hateful things or be consequences of hateful things or awful things. This wasn't a result of, of Job living a sinful life and, 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 and him dealing with the consequences of his sin, this was a result of Satan setting his targets on Job because Satan is allowed to run free and sin is allowed to run free. But here's the thing. This is why this is important to us because this is the, the portion of the message where we ask, so what? Why does this matter to us? This matters to us because the world sucks because of sin, but with Jesus, we can live life to the full in a sinful world. 
We live in a place where sin exists, just like the air we breathe. As much air as there is, there's sin that lives in our world. There's nothing we can, like, do to change that other than allow Jesus into our lives so that we don't have to personally have the sin in our lives. Now, I may still have to deal with the consequences of someone else's sin. If my child gets hit by a drunk driver, it doesn't mean I sin, but that means that somebody made the stupid decision to get sloshed out of their mind and then go hop behind the wheel of a car. And that's the world that we live in. But this is what uh, God tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2. He, meaning Jesus, personally bore our sins in his own body on a tree as on an altar and offered himself on it that we might die, cease to exist, to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. And a lot of people think that that means that by his wounds, that if I'm going to get sick, if I'm going to get disease, I'm going to get healed. That's not necessarily what that means. It means that the death and decay that come from sin don't necessarily have to impact me. Yes, someday I'm going to die unless Jesus comes back. But I'm not going to be the, the, the recipient of the sin impacting my life because I've been healed from that because of what Jesus did on the cross. And this is what Jesus says in John chapter 10. I am the door. A door means access. He says, anyone who enters in through me will be saved. That means they'll live. He will come in and he will go out freely and will find pasture. And a lot of people are confused with that. What that means is you won't have to be a slave to sin. You won't be bound by sin. You won't be chained by sin. You'll be free from sin. And he says the thief comes only in order to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows, despite the family issues, despite the financial issues, despite the medical issues, despite the cancer, despite the Lyme disease, despite the unemployment, you can still have life in a world that sucks because of Jesus. Our life isn't contained to the sin that exists in the world. My life is supposed to be more than and not bound by the sin that exists in the world. And every single time, that Satan goes out after someone to steal and to kill and destroy, sin grows in its ability to impact others just a little bit more. But every single time we walk in, despite, again, the family issues, the medical issues, the whatever, and we're still happy and praising God, it loses more ground. And God gains more ground. And then we can share with other people when they say, hey, you just lost your job. Why are you still happy and smiling? Because I have life to the full through Jesus. Your spouse is, is, is still laying in bed, bedridden from whatever disease, cancer, whatever. Why are you still smiling? Because I have Jesus and I can live life to the full. All of these issues don't end our life. Because of Jesus we can continue with our life. And he doesn't do it because he has to. He doesn't do it because there's some legal requirement. He does it just because he loves us. I'm going to ask the band to come up, and we're going to close out with this final song. God, I thank you that because of your sacrifice, we're not bound by sin. We're not chained by sin. We're not even bound or chained by the 
evil and horrible consequences of the sin that exists in this world. There are going to be times when we're hurting. There are going to be times when we're dealing with issues. There are going to be times when we're like Job and we're standing on the edge. And I pray that because of your spirit that we're able to persevere and not succumb to the pains of life, but be able to stand tall and overcome because of the new life that we have in you. And we know that we're still, like you said, in this world, there will be trouble. There will be trials. There will be unemployment. There will be times when we lose our job. There will be times when we don't know where the food that goes on the table is going to come from. There will be times when we feel like just hanging our heads and giving up. But I pray that we remember through the power of your Holy Spirit that you have overcome the world and can give us the ability to stand strong, stand firm, and live and experience new life in Jesus' name. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord, I'm amazed by you, how you love me. God, we just thank you for your amazing love that never seems to stop. And we pray that if there is anyone here that is going through something where they feel like they're at the edge, that they they do truly realize it is okay to not be okay. That it's okay to 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 reach out and voice your your frustrations and your anger and that we as the church would come around support and encourage and be there for them the same way that you through your holy spirit are here for us. God, we pray that you would bless us as we go, and that as we go, that we would be a blessing to you. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, and everyone said, amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Pray that you have a joyous rest of your Sunday. God bless.